Hey guys, settle in. This is going to be a Mammoth episode. We are talking about Moses. I'm Jared and this is... Pastor Beck. Now Moses is a big, big deal. It's a big, big deal in uh, in the Bible. There's there's so much. There's books and books about him. Some of the major characters in the Bible get a, get a chapter or so. Moses gets books. He does get books. He does. He even writes some of the Psalms. Ah, I knew. I didn't... I suppose, yeah, there is... I have read one of his psalms, but yeah. I forgot that because normally... normally I think he I wrote Psalm 90. If you go and have mm. a look at some of those psalms around there, mm. you will see that he... Yeah. All right, where should we start? Shall we start at the birth? Because there's a pretty start cool story the birth. there. Yeah. All right, guys. Settle in. So the birth of Moses. Now, a bit of context here. Um, this the birth of Moses happens around a time when Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is starting to get a bit fearful of how the uh, of the Israelite population. So he's starting to put to death some of the Israelite children. Not a good thing to do. Not a cool thing to do. But it happens a few times in the Bible. It happened in the in the Mary story that we talked about last week as right. well. So anyway, I'm going to stop talking and read the Bible. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when, he, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took him from a basket made of bulrushes and dabbed it in p- uh, bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughters of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, while her young woman walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds, and she sent, uh, she sent her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on, pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. It's interesting that it wasn't, This is one of the Hebrew children go put it to death like all the other children. Right. This is one of the Hebrew children. Um, then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? Like the guts of Moses's sister there, just thinking about it to like not only follow, but actually talk to Pharaoh's right. daughter. Like that's a slave talking yeah. to a princess. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. And the Pharaoh's daughter said, said to her, go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. Yeah, so God protects Moses. He provides Moses for Moses, uh, obviously his salvation and his deliverance interesting to me that he would also give him the nurturing that he needs by his very own mother he's yeah. now nursing him like clearly god had a plan for this kid from the start yeah like god has a plan for everyone but the plan for moses was a big deal i suppose from the very start of moses's life god was looking out yeah so there was no kid. coincidence there was mm-hmm. a real plan he would go ahead then because of this and he was an Israelite who would now grow up in the Egyptian palace, which is so pivotal to the story. It would be a strange experience. Yeah. Like a strange, strange experience. You're you're in the palace while the rest like the rest of your countrymen are making bricks and building pyramids. Like, what it means though is that when God would say to him, You go to Pharaoh, yeah. He's been to Pharaoh he like he's been in his house before. Mm. That's the thing, like when God uses us, he uses all of our experiences, all of it, like, 
yeah, he uses anything we can bring to him, really. And yeah, yeah you're right. The the fact that Moses grew up in that family and grew up in that kind of household, he he knew how it kind of worked. Yeah. Um. You reckon Moses kills an Egyptian? Should we talk about that one? Sure. Okay. So after after he's brought back to the palace, he um. Well, he, a little while later, he didn't a little kill while him later. while he was. Was yeah. a teenager. Yeah, a little while later, he sees a, an Egyptian. <clears throat> Egyptian, I suppose. In oh. fact, if you look at verse eleven, it says years later, years after later. Moses had grown up, mm. he went out to his own people. Um, it's interesting that he went out to his own people. He yeah. could have stayed in the comfort of the palace. It probably was really nice there. Yeah, um, but you can see the yeah. conflict that he felt. Mm. This is him internal struggles going on there. He knew he didn't belong and. Look, I think sometimes we're like that with when we think of heaven and we think of the kingdom of God. We are in the world, the Bible says, but not of the world. And sometimes, you know, we can be in situations that we don't feel comfortable with because mm. we were created for, you know, something different. Yeah. And Moses was created uh, with a different people uh, in mind as the ones that he would associate with as his people. And it's interesting. In verse 12, I think I've got a different version you. Um, it says... Uh, he looked, he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. He looked this way and that. <laughs> yeah, it's just in my translation, it says, looking all around and seeing no one. So, yeah. like, quick, quick, no one's looking. No one's looking. Strike him. So, yeah, he struck down the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. And when he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to the man in the wrong, Why do you strike your companion? He answered, and then uh, the Hebrew man said, "Who made you prince? And who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you, do you mean to kill me as you killed uh, the Egyptian? Apparently, he didn't look this way and that. Uh, there were the, people watching that he had no idea about. <laughs> and then the scripture says that he freaked out. He got afraid, and he thought, uh uh-uh, everyone knows that I've done this,' hmm. and he fled. Yeah. Do you know how long he um, he flees for? Oh no, I don't." Okay, not this gonna, not even going to pretend. Okay, that, no. this is really, really significant because Moses will flee to the desert, um, will head to Midian, and uh, he will end up settling there for forty years. Mm. Uh, he rings will, a bell. Noah yeah. flood. He yeah. he will be in the desert now for forty years. He's on the run mm. for forty years because they saw me kill. You know. Seems to be a bit of a theme. Noah, 40 days, 40 nights. Jesus being tempted, uh, fasting 40 days. Noah being stuck there, 40 days. How long? Egyptians being in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. There seems to be a bit of a four theme going on here, but sorry. Continue. So the thought that he is now going to hang out in the desert uh, for a long period of time I want to make a little point. Some of you are starting to lead in youth and uh, in kids' ministry in different places, or maybe in school you've been called into leadership. And often, just a bit of a leader tip, leaders will go through things before their people do so that when they take them there, they know they've almost been here before. They know how to take them. And we're going to go on to read that the people of Israel will then go into the wilderness, and how long will they be in the wilderness? No, it's not 40 years, is it? It is 40 years? Oh, I, I assumed it was... No, you're right. Yeah, I kind of was thinking it would be longer because that whole generation passed, but that would only take about 40 years. Yeah, a generation is 40, yeah. 40 years. So he will go through what he did 
in his own little personal desert wilderness experience before he takes the people of Israel on their own journey. Mm. And I find that interesting and just a bit of a side note. Mm. But he will have some interesting experiences in in the desert. I think what I'm finding interesting here is that I read like the the first part of the burning bush story now moses was keeping flock of his father-in-law jethro the priest of midian david kept flock moses kept flock it seems to be a prerequisite that you have some experience with being a shepherd before you can kind of lead lead, a whole bunch of people lead the israelites um well i suppose jesus is called the shepherd right so and that makes sense so burning bush we go on there yeah, and even look, he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness. Like, mm. he's going to lead another flock <laughs> to the far side of a wilderness. And it says he came to Horeb. Is that another word for Sinai? Or am I wrong there? I think it is, yeah, yeah. to the mountain of God. Yeah, to the... Oh, yeah, to the mountain of God, as it says right there. All right, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned? It's just it's interesting that God chose that way to get his attention. Like it wasn't, hey, Moses. It was, there's a bush over there that's burning but not burning. Interesting. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of, God called to him out of the bush. Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not, do not come near, take your sandals off your feet, for the place you are standing is holy ground. That was the verse I used to not wear shoes in church or throughout childhood. <laughs> um, and he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Okay, we uh, have just talked about Mary last week and... What was the standout verse? Be it unto me according to your word. I am your servant. There's this Do theme as you will. that the the ones in Scripture that God uses are not the perfect ones or the ones that have it all together or the goody two-shoes. or You know who he uses? The ones who will say yes. Mm. The ones who will say, here am I. Not, um, God, uh, I'm here, but use them. Mm. He God, uh, God can use those who are willing to. And he said, yeah, God, use me. And Moses will say, here I am. And he says, um, and then God will say, don't come closer. And he'll have a bit of an encounter with the whole holiness of God. And then God will uh, reveal who he is. I And I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob. And Moses will hide his face because he was afraid to look at God. Do we know why God has chosen to appear to Moses? Why God chose to appear to Moses? Because he heard the cry of the Egyptians. Sorry, right. heard the cry of the Israelites yeah. in Egypt. Verse seven says, "I have the Lord says I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt, and have heard them crying out because of their oppressors." I want to just hit pause on this for a second because there might be a teenager listening, and you've been crying out. Maybe there's some conflict at home, or there's stuff going on in your family, or maybe at school, or maybe mm. with a friend. And you've been crying out. Maybe you've cried yourself to sleep. Maybe you've just been distressed about something. And you wonder if anyone hears you. Besides the fact that I think there's a lot of people that would love to hear your story. And you should Mm. go and chat with any of your leaders or take a friend or talk to a parent. I want to tell you that there is someone who hears your cry 24-7 even when no one's around. And it is your Lord. It is God. He says, I have observed. So he's watching 
I have observed the misery of my people and have heard them crying out. And he's going to say to Moses, I've heard their cry. Now I want you to do something about it. And here's what happens. We go, when we cry out, God, do this like zap from heaven and fix this. But often he'll send people. Yeah. He'll send people with the task of helping us. He'll send parents and teachers and friends and, you know, random, even random people he'll send um, in the church or just he'll place people in our path that are a part of his, you know, release and miracle work in our lives and in their lives, which I think is just amazing. Well, yeah, I suppose God sent the 10 plagues, but Moses had to go before him in a way. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, God partnered with Moses. There's no yeah. There's no um, questioning that. But God needed a, a human. He needed a mouthpiece, and he wanted Moses. And he's not like a perfect human either. Like, Mary did a better job of going, uh, do I do to me according to a word. Moses was like, uh, can you... Can you yeah, and I wonder if that? age has something to do with that. Yeah. Mary's like a young teenager. Yeah, God, do it. Moses is old. And Moses has screwed up. Like, he's killed someone in Egypt. He's, he's a, made mistakes. Yeah. And, I wouldn't and, want to go back there either. Yeah, like, let's just leave the past. Let's not go back to yeah. anything, any kind of humiliation. But here, uh, God assures him in verse 12, he says, I will certainly be with you, and this will be a sign to you. Again, God's giving him, just like mm. he gave to Elizabeth, he will give Moses a sign, and this will be the sign to you that I am the one who sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt... You will all worship God at this mountain. Yeah. It's interesting that Moses would have to do all of that stuff until they got to the mountain and they worshipped yeah. for him to look back and go, oh, that really was God. Yeah. That was a, I mean, that's what God says. This will be the sign to you. When you all worship at this mountain, yeah. that's the sign that I was the one who sent you. And sometimes you have to know that you know that God sent you sometimes without that assurance that you for sure know. Yeah. I mean, we're going to end this um, podcast here because this is a big one as we end. God will reveal himself to Moses uh, with a phrase. And if you have a look at verse 13 and 14, it says, Then Moses asked God, If I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What should I tell them? And God replied to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is how I am to be remembered in every generation. Interesting that God would reveal himself as I am. If you go to the book of John, I think there are seven I am's of Jesus. I am the gate, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, I am the truth. And and there are seven of those I am statements Jesus will yeah. say about himself. And God will reveal himself as I am. Yeah. Cool. So that's part one done. Moving on to part two next week. So anything else you want to cover before we cut this off? No. What do you, what do you think stands out for you? And what we've talked about. Ew, in Moses, just has a few things. First of all, the God, it was clear that God had a plan for this guy from the very beginning. Um, and the mercy of God to, to for this mother to put this child in this basket and send it on the river. Like, she had, like, no idea what was going to happen. And then for that child to be returned to her to to nurse and uh and and suppose mother for a long period 
of his childhood, like the mercies of God and the and the compassion of God to let that happen, that that really speaks to me, I suppose, in this. Like God, God hears all our desires. God hears all our all of our hearts' cries, even the ones of a mother. Yeah, God is listening. God is watching. He's watching you, and uh, He hears you when you cry. And mm. He will send just the right people at just the right time, who will uh, work on His behalf. Beautiful. All right, guys, have a lovely week. We'll see you for part two next week. Yeah, see you then. Cheers. <laughs>